You're listening to the Real Estate Radio Hour, the show that brings you unfiltered stories and insight from the Twin Cities real estate world with your hosts, Chris Rooney, broker at REMAX Preferred, and Andy Presky, leader of the Preferred Home Team at REMAX Advantage Plus. Well, good morning, Chris Rooney. Hey, hey. All right, hey, let's, uh, before we get to, let's get back to our, our intro that we both love. Yes. Because um, it is showtime. <laughs> we thought it was. I, I, uh, I swear to God, I, um, this morning has been one of those days where you just, you know how you have that, uh, the technical difficulties, right? And today was just one of those fun days where we've had that opportunity. This is, it's real. Um, you can see my technical work. Look at me. I'm, it's baseball day for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, real estate radio hour guys here. This is episode four. We're going to do a recorded and then posted show. So it's kind of live. Um, any of your questions will not matter for this week. It'll matter for next week. So we're going to go with our, our content that we had. We had some questions that came up during the week. So you've got, uh, Chris Rooney here with the home experts at, uh, Remax preferred and then myself andy prasky with Remax advantage plus um chris and i you know wanted to start out this week and i wanted to uh or we both wanted to kind of talk about you know getting getting ready to sell right and you and i have always gone around and around about topics like this and there's some really simple things i think that are out there that can give some that one percent difference can make a hundred percent difference in the eyes of the consumer. Would you not agree, Chris? Yeah, 100%. And this is a, a topic or questions that uh, of the nearly 11 years on the radio, um, these were some of the biggest questions that people had. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, speaking of that, um, those of you that are watching us through the Real Estate Radio Hour, please, if you have not yet liked our page, please like the page, um, share the page. Um, we, we're looking for you know real estate professionals, mortgage people, title, um, consumers, and we just want to have a, a water cooler. We can all stand around and talk about real estate. And uh, so, yeah, please, please help us grow organically. We're trying to have this as a, um, a for, how do you say that, Chris, for the better of the industry, not for profit. Um, I'd take a profit, but I don't think we'd make one. Make some money. Yeah. Screw it. We're making money. All right. So here's a couple of our tips we've had here. Um, we'd have so, to give good information then if we had to make money. I know, I, I know. Well, and then we couldn't be 25 minutes late to our own live uh, podcast. <laughs> it was 31 minutes, by the way. Anyways, I, I don't even want to read you some of the live comments we were getting while we were <laughs> having technical difficulties trying to connect with Facebook. Uh, very funny. All right, so let's talk about cleaning, Chris. Um, why don't you talk about a little bit about like your version of clean for a house? When you talk about uh, both of the things on this screen, I think it's it's number one. It's the least expensive thing to do that you can do yourself. And I also, I tell people, they say, oh, we just don't have time. And, uh, you know, I go back to saying, you know, how much money do you make a week, you know, in your job? Because I'll tell you what, this could be about $10,000, five to $10,000 worth of um, an issue if you don't do it. Because if it's not super, people look deep, very deep at your stuff. And when I'm, when I'm saying deep, they, I mean, they open drawers, they look in ovens. You know, they, you, you have to, it's got to be clean because if it's not, then they're wondering what else is wrong with it and what's hiding that they don't see. 
And it's kind of like that flip. It's kind of got really pretty lipstick on it, but what's behind the sheetrock kind of thing. Right. It just gets them into the, the wrong thing. And by organizing your space, it just makes it, you know, the bigger the house looks, even as outdated as it is, it's still way better to be able to make it look good because it's big. 100% true. And I think that the other thing that we, you know, when you think about um, cleanliness, cleanliness is quality. And so people, when they see things that are clean, um, they assume that the things they can't see are also clean or they're maintained or they're in better condition. And so, you know, you and I have always talked about the old utility room, right? You go down to that scary room in the basement, right? And, uh, or, or uh, sometimes the laundry room that gets shoved into the basement for whatever reason uh, mm-hmm. isn't high on the priority list for, for cleaning usually. And, you know, you've got years worth of things that have fallen behind the wash machines. And I'm telling you, People look, they, they peek their head back there to see, and if they see a bunch of spooky stuff, they a lot of times assume that that hasn't, you know, obviously been touched since it was put in 15, 20 years ago, whatever, but. Yeah. I always say mechanical rooms are for mechanicals um, and clear everything else out of there, including cobwebs and um, sediment, debris that lands on top of uh, furnaces and hot water heaters. Uh, all of those things are super important because people for the most part don't really know how to run those. But yeah. they can tell if they're clean or not, and right. if they're clean or not, it makes it it makes them look uh, past that. And going a step further and having that stuff certified that it's working and in good condition is fantastic. Because I think a mechanical room can only hurt you. It's not probably going to help you, but it's uh, it's only going to hurt you if it looks bad. So if it looks clean, they just take yeah. a quick peek in there and then move on, uh, and you're good to go. You're, you're a winner then. Um, uh, I guarantee you there's people at home wondering, uh, where are you, Chris Rooney? Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I am kind of into, uh, themes on this thing and I got, I got a hat. This reminds me of the old radio days when we would show up and we, you know, uh, wherever we wanted, but, uh, this, this is uh, Memorial park veterans field in prior light. Oh, wow. Andy, if you look right. Okay. Right there. A lot of home runs went right over there for Mr. Rooney and even that way too. Oh, nice. So just so you, and and you know what, maybe there's someone out there that can uh, comment on that because I might be lying. It's very possible. Is that when you were pitching that people were hitting the home runs or were you hitting the home runs? That happened as well. Yes. (laughs) Well, hey, you hit them on them, they can hit them off you. Right. Exactly. Well, so, you know, kind of going back to this organizing space, not to keep, you know, beating uh, beating around the bush here, but um, things like something as simple as having a rack full of spices versus a spice rack um, or having your tools in a big pile in the garage on the little shelf you have where they organize. Um, people look at that, even people that are not organized appreciate people that are organized or they make it look more efficient or they can fit more items in that space. It doesn't make it look like you've got... Uh, 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound bag. It, it actually looks like it's supposed to be there and it's, it's designed to be that way. And people like that and are, I think, comforted by, you know, when you walk up and it looks like, yeah, this is really put together nicely, whatever that is. And that's what it says on here is clean out your closets. And boy, is that ever true? <laughs> you know, because storage and then whatever closets are supposed to be, that's what they need to be. Yeah. So if it's, uh, if you don't have enough, uh, room in your master closet, you know, don't move all your dresses over to the kids' room, you know, where it's a baby's room and all your stuff is in there because it's just going to make them think there's no room in the, pack that away. Yeah. And 
get rid of that. And then, you know, it's the, you see the, do what a closet's meant to do. So if it's an entryway closet, you know, that's where some coats are and some shoes, you know, and, and that's usually for the guests. So there's got to be room for them. And then uh, a linen closet is for linens and supplies. It's not right. for luggage and your suitcases and, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Which we, like the house that's lived in is a lot all, different than a house that's for sale. Yeah, we all do that, but we just can't make our buyers think that way. So Right, exactly. All right, so kind of moving on here. Um, what about painting? And and just doing a quick little I'm refresh. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, painting is uh, is a is a big thing, and this is a good chance, good uh, opportunity to take down your wall of fames and patch and paint. You know, because uh, there's I'm I'm okay with some family photos, but like I always say, if there's if there's the wall of fame and it's ages six months to nine months to one year to two, three, four, five, you know, and the walls, yeah. it's people spend more time looking at the wall and at the yes. kids than do at the house. Yeah. And, like, like when you go up to your, uh, in, in your house where you have your T-ball picture still up on the wall all the way through high school and to college. That's exactly. Totally. And doing a keg stand on your college picture. <laughs> you, what about all your, what about all your like, 13th place ribbons in track and field. When they, they are uh, probably being displayed in the bottom of a garbage can somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, uh, I focus on, uh, you know, things that it's actually, it's funny you say that because my wife and I were talking about this earlier, you know, like I do have a wall of inspiration when I, I have an office where I am right now, if you can see the angled wall behind me, I'm actually a, in a space above our garage and it's a bonus room. And it, it's a bigger bonus room. It's probably 40 feet long, you know, and 16 feet wide, but it fits us perfectly. But the getting up here, we have um, this motivational wall where all the things from pictures of my grandpa to, you know, when I was in high school playing football to our engagement picture, our kids first, whatever pictures. And I, I've, I keep that wall. So when I walk up there, it reminds me every day why I'm going up to that office. You know, it's for all the things that are important to me. And I, I, uh, if you don't have one of those in your current house, I'm has nothing to do with selling your house, but I, I highly recommend you have one in your own home. Um, listen, listen to that though. When you say that, and when it comes time to sell, you know, with that and going up to a bonus room in a back stairway, you know, you want that as bright as you can and as wide as you can. In right. Feeling. And it's cool. I've seen it, and I think I it's actually really neat. But when you sell, you need to. It's take all got to come down. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So what about, um, this is one of my favorite hot topics is lighting and bulbs, you know, for example. So, you know, a lot of people have the new energy efficient bulbs, which, you know, makes you feel good, um, saves you some energy costs, um, but they're not always the warmest or the brightest um, bulbs. And so, you know, Chris, you and I have always said this, if you can't change the fixture to add the look or to brighten up the room. So going from one of those little dome lights with one bulb in it, you know, you upgrade it to have three bulbs in it, even though you may never want that, but for when you're selling your house, it makes that closet now really bright or, you know, and then the wattage that you pick for the bulbs you put in there, you want to put the max in there. You want things to be bright and, and, you know, very visible. I think it's really interesting too, because a lot of times when we go show houses, people have the lights on for you. Uh, but then in the showing instructions, it says, Hey, please turn off all the lights. Well, you're bringing people in there to kind of give them the big open feel of it. And now all of a sudden, then you tell them to turn them all off. So they leave with a bad impression. 
So to me, it's kind of like, hey, if you haven't turned on the lights, leave on the lights. Number one, it, it makes them think there's probably another showing. And number two, it puts your house in its best light, no pun intended, but it yeah. does. And I think that, uh, you know, some people say, oh, no, we want to make sure they turn off all the lights so they missed a lamp. You know, the one that you don't want them worrying about your lights. You want them worrying about how they're going to live in your home. And so and leave that on. Now with the whole coronavirus thing, you know, people are asking, hey, don't we, the doors are open and the lights are on. Just leave them all on. So we don't we don't have to wipe off every light switch after the fact. So, yeah. You know, it's interesting. Actually, this last week I've had um, I do a lot more with listings and, and I don't uh, have the opportunity as much to run all the buyers, but I did have a friend of mine's um, and a past client of mine come and ask to, to go out shopping. And I was like, you know what? I want to do this because I want to see what it's like to be an agent on the other side. So, you know, not just listing the houses, I wanted to have a firsthand example for me to see what's it like in today's world of this hyper cleanse, you know, cleansing, um, don't touch anything kind of world. And what, what's funny to me is there's extremes. There's some houses that say you cannot enter without a mask and gloves on. Um, some houses don't say anything and they provide gloves. Um, and then I've been to the other houses where they don't say anything to you. They, yeah. they don't even ask you to be careful or wash your hands or nothing. So it's, it's been really interesting to see that. And then so assuming that the consumer comes in and they're not sick or they're not, you know, uh, ill and they're not touching a lot of things. I mean, I think you can still do showings very safely. And I think that most the consumer is just as scared. The buyer is just as scared and or nervous as you are about, you know, getting sick. So they're being cautious using hand sanitizer before they go in the house after they leave the house. And so there, there's, there's a lot of those. And I know I'm not, I'm not the scientist to advise you on that, but I just, I know that there's a lot of precautions being taken. And I was pleasantly surprised with how easy it still is to show a house. Yeah. And regardless how you feel um, and how, you know, what your view is of this whole coronavirus and lockdown thing. I mean, I think everyone's being, um, you know, respectful of those people's wishes. So sure. the less, the less uh, restrictive is, um, I don't know if that's the best anymore. Uh, just for the plain fact that uh, you just, you're kind of, you're, you're not catering to a certain crowd. You're catering to everyone. And I think just, uh, you know, having, and, and agents have been great about it, I think. And, right. um, but, you know, the other night I was kind of, I had kind of a little fever cooking, you know, and I, it was kind of go. and I don't think it was, I, mean, I don't think it's anything, uh, but I'm just like, you know what? I had um, uh, Karin that works with me um, show the houses instead, just because yep. I, didn't, I don't, I want to be respectful of that, that seller and obviously of the buyers as well. So everyone's working together. Well, and Chris, I, I don't you, I mean, I think anyway, everybody's paranoid anyway. I mean, how could you not be paranoid right now? You get sniffles, you're like, oh my God, I've got it. You know, and it's, it's, it's very natural for us to go through that, but it's also responsible for you to recognize that and then put your customer first. And that, that's cool that you do that. Yeah. All right. Clean up your old kitchen. I think I talked a little bit about this before, but uh, those things are exactly right. I mean, uh, the other thing is, is, is clearing out your cabinets or thinning them out. Don't right. clear them out, but thin them out because you don't want them opening a cabinet and then five pans fall on their head, you know, because <laughs> sure. we have that and people have that. And um, I think that to me, it's like, hey, you know, those 
that wok that you haven't used for four years and that seventh crock pot you have, put those in a box and, and store them away. And they don't have to be, you know, you don't have to fill every cupboard uh, to the to the top. And the other thing is, is um, this is one that's really interesting because I've seen it so many times. You know, like in your glass uh, cabinet where you have your, your glasses and stuff and there's always a bunch of different kinds of uh, cups in there that maybe you got from, you know, uh, a bar or, or whatever. And you have all these different Memories. things. Yeah, but people concentrate on, oh my God, where have they been? You know, they're looking at glasses instead. So you want to try to make it as, as consistent as possible. You know, if you have 17 different types of plates, get rid of those. Make it just the plates that you have that match because it right. all goes into people's thinking. Gotcha. Outside, you know, I think this is kind of a no-brainer too. Um, plus it's getting a little nicer. You know, you're getting in the 60s now and uh, get out there and you can start working on that yard. Um, I don't know exactly when you can work on the grass part of it, but I'll tell you, sprucing up, I know Lisa, my wife and, and the uh, kids this last weekend went out there. I was out doing some business, but they uh, redid all of our mulch beds and turned it over, cleaned up the old dead flowers and carefully removed all of that. And it, it's amazing how you pull up and you're like, what's different? I don't know, but it looks good. It gives it life. It gives it yep. life. You know, it's I, like somebody's carrying I, I one, one thing. I know, it's still in, I know it's still in April, but doesn't it seem like we've gone without leaves for a long time? <laughs> I mean, where, where the heck are the leaves? All, all I do is I look outside and I see a bunch of branches. I want leaves. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I guess we can work. Here we go. All the things in the world to worry about, and that's Rooney. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, all right. So let's dive into um, – so this was a little tougher of a question. Did you, I, I should ask you, do you have anything else to add about getting your house ready to sell? Um, I have something about my, my hat. Oh, uh, you switched. Kenny Chesney tour. Okay. No, you probably coordinated, though. That looks nice. Yeah, there's a lot of things about um, the house that we could go over, and that could be a 17-hour yeah. uh, thing. So um, it's too bad. We could, just too go bad we able to get us live, Andy, so we could answer questions. But right. let's go ahead and the next thing. Hey, you know, but they can always ask questions on the page, and then we'll incorporate it someday oh. if we ever get the technical side of this figured out um, and go live again. We can uh, we, we can uh, obviously answer any questions. So what are you going to say? That our our I'm going to say that uh, you've done an absolute fantastic job in how you've created all this stuff and done this, Andy. I'm, I'm very proud of you because I haven't done a dang thing, and I just sit over here and complain. So good job. My heart's beating, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Chris, here's a chart that we did. National Association of Realtors. Here's a source down here for us. Um, they, they talked about distressed properties because I have people, you know, hey, are we going into a foreclosure crisis? And, you know, they, boy, the, sometimes if, depending on what station you're watching or what article you're reading, the, the sky is falling. And then there's other people saying, hey, you know, but here's the facts. And so I like to live in the world of facts instead of fiction or fear. Um, and I know you do the same. And so we, we ran this report just showing you guys, you know, January, 2012 to today. So you look back in 2012, 35% of the people that were out there, that's 3.5 out of 10, you guys were in a distressed situation. That's nuts. That's that every street in America has probably three or four foreclosures. I don't think people realize how bad it was. Wow. And yeah, that was looking like today. I this is like some of the lowest national averages, um, around 2%. And actually, it's under 2% right now. 
So like I said, we, Chris and I were before the show talking, let's say it even doubles. Who cares? You're still at 4%. That's still a very manageable amount. Um, it's interesting. Is, uh, you know, that, that says 35% in January of 2012. Remember when that little crisis started? It's about 2008. Yeah. I mean, four years later, it was that. And I think that's interesting. I think you found out some more information, um, you know, that people yeah. are worried, hey, is this going to continue on? Right. Well, so t- check this out. You and I have talked about this again and again. So Bloomberg says that, and this is Bloomberg, independent media source saying 37% of all homes are owned free and clear. And and I've actually heard Minnesota, it's a little higher than that. Um, and that's a lot of your baby boomers that don't want the debt. They're getting into their retirement years. Those houses are paid off free and clear. Um, but here's the one that I like, Chris, up here. 53% of all American homes have at least 50% equity. Hard to foreclose on a house that has 50% equity. Those people aren't going to walk away from those houses. Yeah, it's hard for people to even go down that path. They're going to do everything they can. And what if you look at your chart from 2012, what was happening then is that they owed more than it was worth. And it's like, well, forget it. It's easier to walk away and, and not worry about a payment than it is. Hey, you know what? I, I've got $200,000 sitting here. I can't miss a payment. And there's a, and I'll tell you what, of that 35%, and Andy, you tell me it's true, 20% of that was a choice. It wasn't oh, yeah. that they couldn't make the payments. It was a choice that they did it. Right. Well, you know, and that's, you know, I, I was talking with a, another agent the other day. We were talking about um, credit availability now, which is it's, it's harder to get, per se, a mortgage because you have to have pretty good credit to get one. So the people that are qualifying now are not, underqualified or over leveraged, they're actually very qualified, meaning that their income to debt ratios are right, they can afford the payments. But back in this day, in 2012, there was a lot of people that were paying their non-secured debts versus secured debts. So secured debts like your house payment and your whatever, in the old days, you used to always pay the secured debt first. You'd always pay your mortgage payment, you'd pay your whatever. If anything else, you had to lose something, they'd, they'd come take your credit cards or they'd take your whatever. In 2012, people were being counseled to not pay their mortgage and keep paying their non-secured debt so they could keep the cable TV on. They could still go out for dinner. They could pay their car payments. There's, you know, I mean, whatever. Anyway, it was interesting times. Nowadays, down here again, you're seeing where there's been a real push into, um, and those of, talking about rent too, Chris, we'll kind of jump into this real quick. Rent is so ridiculous right now and it keeps going up 5% a year. And the people, if you can, and I'm not trying to talk into buying a house, but I'm going to tell you, you're nuts to continue renting. Nuts. Unless it's a lifestyle choice and you're saying, hey, I want to live by the lake for the summer. I get that part of it. But if you're choosing to be a, uh, a lifelong renter, and I'm just like, my, my, my old dad used to tell me, or I shouldn't say old dad, my father uh, used to tell me, um, you know, back in the day, he's like, hey, you, you go along and you, you pay uh, rent on this house for 15 years or 30 years, you get to pick. Um, you pay me a little more rent. And, and then at the end of it, we're going to give you the house. Oh, in the meantime, we're going to also let you write off a lot of that interest that you're paying us against your current taxes so you get a break on your taxes. And it's like you, you do the math on this. You sit down with a mortgage professional and you look at what am I, I'm paying $2,200 a month in rent. And what does $2,200 a month in house payment get you? And it gets you a lot more house than you realize. When rates go down, your, your buying power goes way up. And, you know, anyway, I don't know. Well, well, you do know, and you're right on the nose with it, so. Okay. 
All right. So anything else on that? Otherwise, I'm going to say we can go to um, our next question here. What is happening in the market, buyers or sellers market? Chris Rooney. Uh, I think it's still a seller's market for most of it. For most of the market, it's a seller's market. And I think this little graph is very interesting because you do, you start to see it, buyers are expecting that they're going to get lower prices, especially in the upper bracket market. Yep. The sellers are not there yet because there's no inventory. And it's kind of like, hey, if you want it, I mean, pay it for it or let's be fair about it. But right. I think people are thinking that, oh, I'm going to attack and I'm going to grab them and I'm going to get it. And yeah, there might be some opportunities like that that some people want to do it. But for the most part, it's not. Yeah, but the markets are so tight right now, too. I mean, I think that what's happening is with with a dry or a low inventory environment we're in, there's just not a lot out there to even look at. So when you get out there and then you say, oh, this house is overpriced by 50000 or 30000 and all of a sudden there's three offers on it and you didn't even get a shot at it and you were thinking about lowballing them, that, that's the environment we're in right now because people, you got to remember one thing, um, you live in your payment. So if you, um, unless you're paying cash, then then the price does really matter. But a lot of people will live in that house for five to 10 years. They're going to sell that house and they're, they're living in the payment. So people are buying, uh, maybe they'll offer 5,000 or 10,000 more, is more realistic, right? And over the next 10 years, they pay that back down but in the meantime, they got to live in a beautiful house in the area they want to live in, the school district they wanted their kids to attend, and um, and it, it was a lifestyle decision. Um, and then that ten thousand dollars kind of evaporates over time. If you're a short-term buyer, it, it's really smart to buy right because if you don't buy right and you want to sell in a couple of years, it puts you in a real tough spot where um, it just doesn't. The math isn't there. Right. Well, you know, a lot of in the lower bracket, people are fighting over houses left and right. I mean, where deals are, we've, we've got one buyer that uh, just lost for the third time and was a little over 20000 over full price, you know, almost 10, I mean, about, well, about 7% uh, over list price, so 107% over wow. that and, and lost. And so, um, but I think people are still looking at it like, and that's what I, on this one, that's what we're getting. It's kind of like, hey, it's still a lot cheaper than renting. Right. You know, if I'm going to pay twenty thousand more, it's going to cost me a You know what? I mean, not even about eighty dollars now, maybe a month. Right. To be able to go twenty thousand over, and that's what they're. And hey, we're going to be here. What's the big? What's the big deal? Well, so, and you know, and I think for clarification for those you know listening in or watching us or whatever, the when we're talking those kind of numbers, generally it's in relation to a higher priced property. We're not. I'm not suggesting that you take a, a two hundred thousand dollar property and pay. 10% more. That's not what we're saying at all. We're saying on that $600,000 house, you offer 620 instead of 600. That's more realistic, right? Or, you know, or something like that. Yeah. But reality is they are doing that on the lower priced homes. I mean, that's the person that we're working with is kind of in that $300,000 range. An example, one for 299 lost yep. with 320, you know, well, and yeah. it's crazy. Well, and not to keep jumping on here, but I, I get excited about this because I actually think in that under 350 crowd right now, you are paying, um, if you look at all the, the charts and you look at like the entry level pricing, they don't have anything there. The middle, people are paying as much as they possibly can in that bracket. If you step one bracket up, you, I mean, I'm talking, you jump up 25,000 in price, you now can get a swimming pool for free or you can get a finished basement for free. It's amazing how that next level up is still an amazing value. And that under 350, there's so many people fighting over it 
that they're paying, in my opinion, silly prices sometimes for that under 350 house, like you're talking yeah. about. But yeah. jump to 500 and there's there's less buyers in that market and you can get a lot more value for the money per dollar. But this market, what you're talking about, I mean, it's pricing segments. So where, I, where I'm working, you know, up to 500,000 is hot. You know, that those, those are all, all selling, you know. And, you know, maybe you're... Um, your upper bracket non-lifestyle type places. And what I mean by that are things that are probably over 700,000 that aren't on a lake, a golf course, or got acreage at the Boulevard. You know, right. they're a normal a house. That Those ones are the ones that are people are trying to make deals on right now mm -hmm. um, and, and getting deals. But to your point, um, you if you're at 550 and you go up to 650, you're going to probably get a $250,000 better house, you know? Yes. Per, that's the best way to say it. The, val, the value is better the higher you go for sure. Yeah. So right. that's, that's something to think about. So yeah. Chris, is unemployment going to affect the real estate? Uh, is it going to affect real estate? <laughs> well, I mean, people can't buy. I mean, that's yeah, probably going to be a problem, but um I think the only thing is with this, if you're talking about this whole virus thing, um, it's how long it's going to take to open everything up. Because even if it opens up, I mean, it's not going to open up because they're not going to let you go into a restaurant, you know, and fill the place up right away. Right. So that might not be for however long. And, you know, you need to get those things going. But what do you got here for a chart? This is interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> well, th thank you for thank you for asking, Chris. Um, the uh, since I'm part of it, I should know. Well, we broke it down because I was like, I, I, I always hear these people talking about, so the we got this from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, and it shows 50, where's that unemployment? Like when they say there's, you know, 10 or 15 or 20% unemployment or whatever it is, they're saying 59% of that right now, a little over that, is in the, the food service, obviously, bartender, servers, restaurant um, industries. And then you look at a lot of these industries down here. These are the other industries that are being affected. Now, there's arguments to be had that, you know, you, you have some of the servers that make wonderful livings and, and some of the food service people are, are not full-time and they work part-time. And so they don't necessarily enter the housing market at, at you know, a part-time level, but they can at a full-time level. So the argument to be had is that this pressure that this unemployment is going to take off of is the under 350. It, it, it should that, you know, the average, you know, buyer that's out there in, in most of these income brackets will be buying under 350. So that is why I think, you know, some of the shifts are happening where, you know, people think they should be paying less, but some people are buying way beneath their means. And so even though they can afford 550, they're buying 350. And so they're keeping that pressure on that price point, but kind of swinging that over to here, like you said, the, how, how fast are we going to get out of this? So a deeper dive, like the Great Depression back in 29, right, shows that unemployment sky, literally plummeted to 20, almost 25% unemployment, okay? And they didn't know how to fix it. They didn't have stimulus money. They didn't have uh, anything like that going on. They were flat out, we got to build our way out of it. You know, the whole, uh, let's, you know, build stuff to make, you know, money. It, it climbed out. It took 12 years, Chris, to get back to where they started, well, and it, here's another thing. It took two years to get to that that point too. I mean, right. we're, we were like like in milliseconds compared to these other ones with this current 
Where you see the black. Here where it says start. So yeah. it says before. And then when it's, when they quote the incident started and you look at like COVID right now, it went shoof, right off the cliff. Yeah. And they're, they're projecting. There's a lot. I didn't, I don't know if I put the charge in here or not, but there, there's a lot of these um, bigger firms, lenders, um, the Morgan Stanley's, the Wells Fargo's, the, and they're showing this where not only do they think it's going to be, this is the, the, uh, the unemployment, by the way, guys, this has nothing to do with the economy on this chart. This is showing they think it's going to go to about 15% is what they're guessing. And then within two years, they'll have most of those people hundred percent back. There'll be new ways of doing business or whatever that are safe. And that they think everybody will be back that wants to work again. Um, compared to like the housing, like right here, the housing crisis, we housing failed. And then the economy went with it. And then we were in trouble because people weren't buying, people weren't ordering, people were not doing those things. But right now, like I keep saying, and I, I sound like a broken record, you, I, and most of the agents I knew and people that I know were having some of the best economy, um, you know, for their own personal situations where income was good, their jobs were stable, they saw a future, there was blue sky coming, sunshine coming, and then this hit us and they locked us in a cage and the, the only reason why we're in this cage is because we're trying to be safe. And, and I think that once they open the door to the cage again, people will get out, but they're going to get out slowly. And I think that they're going to get back to doing business they were two months ago or whatever it is. And I think, I think we're going to crawl back pretty quick. Yeah, I do too. I hope so. <laughs> Dudo. <laughs> All right. Um, do people really buy houses virtually, Chris? Because you you hear about it, I hear I about it. With everything you do, Andy. What? I disagree with everything you do and say. Well, well, thank you. That's easier for all of us. But maybe not this one. I don't. So let's well, see. So, so here's the deal. But they they claim people are buying houses. They're doing it virtually. There's all these virtual open houses. I mean, I'm I'm involved with one on Saturday where we've got like ten of my agents all doing one from I think nine to noon. And they're bringing you 12 different houses, a variety on a Facebook event, all in an effort to show properties. People can sit at home, you know, sit out on their, their patio, um, wherever they want to sit, and, and just observe the houses. Is that a live event? Hopefully not. We're just seeing what happened on this one. Yeah, we're a little nervous about that, Chris. We, uh, we, <laughs> we I switch hats. Somebody. I'll, I'll switch hats. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Was that say plumber? No, I, uh, it was, and, and I'm going to blame Facebook on that. It was not allowing us to share to our, our page. They wanted me to put it on my timeline and I didn't want to do that to my friends and family. So, okay. <laughs> all right. So, um, are people watching houses virtually? So realtor.com did a survey, um, says that buyers are, uh, considering moving forward with the home buying process, even if they can't see the home in person. Um, while they still prefer to physically see a home, uh, here are some tech uh, specs buyers think of um, to help in the home search process. So, you know, what technologies are they using? And this was just recently done here. Realtor.com is a source and they did a survey. And so this is kind of interesting from a real estate agent's perspective, too, that, um, you know, we've got a uh, um, the the. Uh, different ways that we put our products out there, like high quality photos, um, video, like chats on the bottom down here with the agents. You have, um, you know, the, um, anyway, virtual tours. What do you think? Yeah, I, uh, obviously it's, uh, 
I, I think the upper bracket homes were a lot like this um, from the beginning, just because those people are really busy and they wanted to be basically shop online and then go confirm their order, you know? And then, so it used to be, and, and sometimes in the lower bracket, we're showing multiple homes to people to get ideas. In the upper bracket homes, you might show, show them just that one, you know, yeah. or hey, if it doesn't work, then we'll obviously keep looking. But it's rare that you go, um, they'll eliminate based on location and what the photos are uh, right away because they don't have time to go look at all that stuff. Yeah. And so um, I think just the more information that you can give a buyer, uh, I don't think uh, I, the internet and online is going to take over buying houses. I just don't. I think it's too big of an investment. People want to see it. Um, right. But I mean, it, it's, it's, it's nice to have and it's nice to uh, use to narrow down. But we also know that um, sometimes these pictures aren't what reality is either. And so I think it's, I, I think adding that in with a realtor going around and finding, you know, you know, you get a great picture of that office and a great picture of the downstairs, but what about that back hallway that leads to that? You know, they want to know what that is. So, yeah, I don't know. So I don't, I don't think it's going to turn into a, a, a virtual sale um, on all of these, but I think it happens in, in some circumstances. Well, and I think that like, you know, you've always said this too, that the first showing is always online anyway. And yep. at least the last couple of years and people are coming to us, to verify what they think they've seen. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I get it, you know, and I think it's also a way of defense mechanism for a lot of people too. They don't want to necessarily get involved with a, with a, a real estate agent or a listing until they've done all their homework. So they'd rather do the homework first before they go in and even look at it. So I, I would say this. So if you're actually a consumer and you're out there selling your house and you're getting a showing right now, do everything in your power to make that a wonderful experience for that buyer. Those buyers that are coming through right now are real. They've already researched you. They've shopped your house. They look at all the people are so amazing and impressive to me how much work they'll do um, before they do a showing. You know, they, a lot of times my clients even drive by, they drive by, look at the neighborhood. They don't want to waste their time or mine. Um, you know, and, and it, uh, yeah, smart, smart consumer, as they say. Yeah, no, it, it is good. It's, uh, it's. I, I think it's also interesting now in this marketplace that people are um, not doing showings <laughs> or not allowing showings, and and telling you no, that won't work. Can you come back? You know, in two days, kind of thing. And yeah. you gotta watch that. You have to watch that. You know, if you're gonna put it on the market, you know, go ahead and set the rules from the beginning. But um, you gotta still be flexible to be able to get people in especially if you're in that lower bracket. I mean, we're going to be um, listing one here pretty soon. Um, you know, it's going to be under 300,000 in Bloomington. And the what I said is that it's it's best to just get out for the whole weekend, just leave, you know, because it's going to be a, a crazy thing and you're going to be in and out. And all you do is we leave it super clean. We turn on all the lights and we let the showings happen. Yeah. It's, and if because if you have an opportunity to be able to go somewhere else, just think it's the best way in which to do it. So I agree. So, you know, Chris, let's um I guess when we when we look at the showings too, the last thing I'd leave with is that a lot of times they're not letting you share the same window of time. So they're not letting showings stack. They're or they're they're stacking them, they're not letting them overlap. 
And so, you know, for sure that the practices are safe. I, don't be afraid to go look at a house. Call your local real estate agent, whoever you trust, and get out there and look at those houses. Um, if you're putting your house on the market to sell, you can do it safely. And you can go around after the house has been viewed and disinfect everything. And I, I think that there's more than enough uh, precautions being done. If, and if you don't feel safe, you know, like I said, it's not uncommon. Some people are asking you to put on the masks. Some people are asking you to put on gloves. And, and that's okay. Like, I just, I laugh about it, but I, I respect them. I still do it. You know, I want, I want my clients to see that house. So if that's important to the seller and the buyer agrees, let's do it. So, yeah, I agree. By the way, aren't you supposed to have a mask on during this thing or? No, oh, no, okay. we're, uh, we're good. This is, uh, is, is clean, I think. So, okay. Well, you're getting all that fresh air. You might fall off your, uh, your, uh, bleacher we'll up there. Try, or whatever. We'll try to get some sun today. I, I really need it. You look tan. What are you, what have you been doing? It's the angle. I can go like this too and get some sun. I got a skylight right above me. So it throws off the lighting, but there you go. All right. I've been outside a little bit though. It's good. That vitamin uh, D or whatever they call that, uh, that sunshine. That's what, is good. Yeah, that's what you need. That's good. All, All right. right. Well, I'm gonna do that too. All right. So everybody watching this again, Hey, we want your feedback. We'd love your input. Um, Anybody that's out there, uh, you know, that uh, you want to earn one of these Prasky mugs, Ooh. Rooney, you're eligible for this too. We're looking for shares, man. So whoever shares the page the most or does the most to help us grow our business, gets a Chris Rooney pen. Yeah, oh. Put it in front of your shirt. There you go. A Chris Rooney expert's pen and a, and a, a mug. <laughs> a mug. <laughs> I think All right, they brother. Might. I appreciate it. Thanks again for the great call. And we'll uh, – Get another update here next uh, Thursday at 8 o'clock, hopefully live. Thanks, Andy. Everybody, Thanks for joining us this week on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Don't forget to visit our website, realestateradiohour.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast listening app. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or sharing us with a friend. Until next time, stay awesome, Twin Cities.